Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Hey, everybody, welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Glad you're here. I got a special guest today for the show. But first, I want to tell you, go to realestateinvestingmastery.com and download our Fast Cash Survival Kit. It's going to give you everything you need to learn how to wholesale deals from beginning to end, how Alex and I use our virtual assistants, the marketing that we do, the systems that we build, how we wholesale deals locally and internationally from anywhere in the world, how we wholesale deals with equity and without equity. It's a great business. To, it's a great time to be in this business, and I know you're going to. If you've not already, download that Fast Cash Survival Kit. You're going to really love it. I also want to give a shout-out to my new podcast that I'm doing with another friend of mine, Tom Wade. It's called the Remote Property Flipping Podcast. And if you go to remotepropertyflipping.com, you can download and listen to all of our previous episodes. Right now, as of this recording, we only have about five or six but they're really, really good. Alex could not be with me on this podcast here. So, you know, I was talking about the Fast Cash Survival Kit, and that really ties into the guest that I have on for our podcast today, talking about getting fast lines of credit. And I tell you, in this business, whoever has money, or what's the golden rule, right? Who he has the, he who has the gold makes the rules. So it's important in this business and real estate especially to have access to cash. And I'm going to be talking about why I think that's so important. And I have a guest where we're going to be talking about that, why it's so important to have access to fast cash as much as possible. So again, if you like the show, go to iTunes, leave us a review. Go to iTunes, do a search for real estate investing. You'll see our show up there. Alex and I, can you believe it, have been doing this podcast since 2011. That's over five years. And it's been quite a wild ride. We have a lot of episodes out there. If you go to realestateinvestingmastery.com, you can see all of our past show notes. We usually get these podcasts transcribed as well. So I know a lot of folks, uh, they prefer reading these interviews than actually listening to them. So if you didn't know this already, if you go to realestateinvestingmastery.com, you can get all of our transcriptions. All right. So without any further ado, I have my announcements out of the way. Ari Page, I have on the show with us today, Ari Page, who is from Credit Card Builders, soon-to-be Growth Capital Advisors. We just did a webinar about three, four weeks ago where my company, reiwebinars.com, was hosting Ari and his company talking about establishing business lines of credit. And it's a really, really important topic for investors, especially wholesalers. And I know we have a lot of wholesalers listening to our podcast it's super important that you have access to cash for various reasons. And we'll kind of talk about this as we go along through the interview. But Ari, how are you? Well, I'm doing great today, Joe. Thank you so much for having me on today. This is really excellent. I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, to talking to the folks about, about business credit and corporate credit. I mean, this is something that I, I, you know, I, I live and breathe and eat this stuff. This is awesome. You know, right now the economy really seems to be picking up. Yeah. And uh, more funding is, is really forthcoming from the bank. So, you know, we're having a, having a great day today over here in Florida. And thanks again for having me on. Awesome. Uh, you're in Florida, and you, do, you help people in all kinds of industries, not just real estate investing, right? Yes. Yeah, you were highly, highly recommended for, to me from friends outside of the real estate space 
And that's why we uh, started talking probably a couple, three months ago about doing a webinar, doing a podcast, because I think this is really, really important. So, um, you know, before Ari, I start, I wanted to ask you questions about what it is that you guys do, why it's important, and how people, I think, get a little intimidated and overwhelmed when they think of getting business lines of credit. And they think they have to have perfect credit. They think that they have to have all their ducks lined up in a row and they have to be flawless to get business lines of credit. And that's not actually the case, is it? Well, actually, people's perception of that, that it's difficult to get, is actually a well-earned reputation considering that the banks don't make it an easy process. And so that's kind of, you know, what our advisors do, which is, you know, cut through all of this, all the BS involved and, and take people who already have good credit and show them how they already actually do qualify for this type of funding. Right. And, and, and you even help them with credit repair if they need that, don't you? Yeah. In the case that a client needs help with that, uh, there's a separate company that we work with that we help clients do that. And it's, you know, there's a lot of different credit repair companies out there. And, you know, there's, there's some that really get great results. And we've aligned ourselves with with a company out there that can really, really get results so that we can move forward. Our goal, of course, is, is business credit. And none of that appears on the client's credit report, but they do want to look at the business owner's personal credit before granting them the business credit that reports to the tax ID. So, you know, we, we kind of have a little crossover there with personal credit. And so we're, we, you know, we have established relationships that can help a lot of our clients out of situations where they have derogatories and late payments and foreclosures or charge-offs that need deleted. We, we get those removed all the time. Good. Excellent. Well, let me explain why this is so important and why I wanted you guys on our podcast. A lot of our listeners are wholesalers. Um, in other words, they're, you guys out there, you're flipping deals. You get it under contract and you sell a contract. Many of you aren't even buying the house and you couldn't even buy the house if you wanted to, which is fine. All right. You're just getting a property under contract and you're flipping that contract. You're either assigning it or you're a wholesale, you're doing a double closing. Here's the problem though. And I'm hearing this more and more all throughout the country, especially in states like Ohio, Tennessee, and Florida, where local real estate commissions are really cracking down on wholesalers. And I'm predicting, a lot of my friends are predicting that it's become, you know, in, in three to five years or less, wholesaling may be illegal. Now, I don't say that to put fear into anybody, and, and, and hopefully I'm wrong. Uh, in fact, don't even quote me on that. <laughs> don't even quote me on that, because I hope I am wrong, and, may, and I probably will be. There's nothing illegal about selling a contract. We, I could argue that in front of a real estate commission till I'm blue in the face, and I'll never win that argument, right? Because it's all in the intent. And this is what is getting these real estate commissions all um, antsy and uptight, okay? A lot of wholesalers are going out there putting offers on contracts, putting contracts on property, and they never have the intent to close on it. They put things in their contracts like, this contract is contingent on me finding a buyer, okay? Uh, or they, they, they use brokering language that I'm going to find a buyer for this house. That is brokering, and you need a real estate license to do that, okay? So here's the, here's the crux. Um, when it comes to wholesaling, you have to have the intent and the ability to buy that house if you wanted to. If you change your mind and you say, you know what, that's fine, I don't want to buy this house anymore, you can sell that contract, no big deal, okay? That's called a wholesaling. You sell your contract. 
You don't advertise the house, you advertise the contract, okay? We've talked about this a lot before in previous episodes. But what is why this is so important to be talking about business lines of credit is because so many new investors out there are struggling to get to prove that they could actually buy the house or they're struggling to even be able to buy the house if they had to. So how much different would it be in your mindset when you're talking to a seller and you're negotiating with them if you knew you had a $100,000 business line of credit untapped that you could use in an instant to buy this property that you're talking to the seller about today if you really wanted to, okay? How much more confidence would that give you when you're negotiating? You could then approach the sellers and say, hey, listen, here we, uh, you know, most wholesalers, Mr. Seller, that are going to come to you and make an offer for your house, guess what? They don't even have the cash to buy your house. And you know what they do? They're just going to take your contract, they're going to mark it up, and they're going to try to sell it to another investor. But me, if you sell me your house, I will actually buy your house. I could buy it right now. And when I, when I give you this price, I'm committing to buy it. Okay? Do you see the difference there? And I guarantee you, your competition that's out there talking to sellers, these guys that are full-time wholesalers doing a lot of deals, that's exactly what they're doing. All right? So what if now you knew that you could actually close on that deal? And if you had to close on the deal, do what's called transactional funding, right? Or uh, an A to B, B to C close, double close. You don't have to use transactional funding. I was looking at a deal the other day, Ari, with a uh, an investor, a client brought to me to partner with me on the deal. And it was a $450,000 house that was worth about six fifty. dollars So there's a good chunk of equity in there, right? And so I didn't, we didn't want to manage the whole rehab and do that whole process. So we looked at doing transactional funding, which means borrowing money from a hard money lender or a transactional lender, okay, and using that money for like five seconds to buy the house and then immediately turn around and sell it to the end buyer. Guess how much it would cost to borrow that money for just five seconds? Three points, which is, I forget the number I calculated, it was like thirteen, fourteen thousand dollars $14,000, okay? That's a lot of money. But if that means, if that's what it takes to get the deal done, then you just got to do it, right? But what if you had access? Now, that's a lot of money. I mean, most guys that are wholesaling deals are not going to be dealing with properties in that price range. Usually, you're going to be in the $100,000 range, let's say. But that's still, if you needed $100,000 to close on a house, that's $3,000 on the low end that a wholesaler has to pay to a transactional lender to borrow the money so you could close on the A to B. So what if you had access to lines of credit where you could actually close on the deal with your own money if you wanted to, save $3,000, flip the contract, and have an extra $3,000 in your pocket that you can use for your next deal, all right? So that's why this is so important for two reasons. Number one, you need to be able to prove if the real estate commission started cracking down in your market, okay, and they started saying, hey, uh, you had this contract and you're now advertising this property. You had never had the intention to buy it. You never had the ability to buy it. You could show them, no, I, I could buy it. Look, here is my business, business lines of credit. I could actually buy this house if I wanted to. Okay, so that's number one. And number two, you don't have to use transactional funding. You don't have to worry about getting fake proof of funds letters from other companies so that you could prove that you actually have the money. And I say fake, they're not really fake, you know, but... It's like every other wholesaler out there that is making offers on the MLS properties. Not everyone, but a lot of them are using these quote-unquote fake 
proof of funds letters to close their deals. Well, what if you could actually have real proof of funds, real bank statements that show you have access to this line to this this lines these lines of credit that you could actually close on the deal. So do you see what I'm saying guys? Real ability. Go ahead, Ari. Have a real ability to actually purchase should you want. Yes. Yes, that's my whole point. I'm telling you guys this is really, really serious because this is a big, big deal. Just in the last couple months I've heard of two or three stories um, in one in Florida and one in Tennessee. We're at a real estate investment club meeting. Okay, well, you know, a couple hundred wholesalers and investors are there. Somebody from the real estate commission or an attorney shows up and comes to the mic when it's open mic. You know, everybody's sharing their deals or whatever. And they stand up to the mic and say, hey, guess what? I'm so-and-so with the real estate commission. And I just wanted to come here to the meeting to tell you all that wholesaling is illegal and we are watching you. And then they leave and they go sit down. Or an attorney will say, listen, guys, this is in Tennessee. In the last year, I defended 25 wholesalers that the Real Estate Commission went after because they were brokering without a license. All right, They had no intention, no ability to close on these deals, and they were advertising houses without a license. They had things in their contract that says, this contract's contingent on me finding a buyer. They had language on their websites that showed them that they were brokering. So don't do it, guys. <laughs> and he said every one of those 25 lost in their their arguments okay they could they couldn't argue that they they were a principal they had equitable interest in the contract they were just selling the contract they all lost so either one get your license or number two get the money so you can close on these deals if you have to all right so that was a long introduction Ari. i wanted to just kind of get that out there to get people to understand why this is so important and why i'm so passionate about it because people out there they need access to funds. And if you don't have enough money in the bank and you don't have a good investor, I mean a private uh, money investor, uh, or if you don't have access to hard money, you need, you need access to your own funds. So that's why this is so important. And Ari, uh, your company is called Credit Card Builders. You're, you're changing the name to Growth Capital Advisors. I, I like that better. This isn't just about getting credit cards. It's about helping in small businesses like real estate investors, get capital so that they can grow their business, right? Exactly. And it's important that in the process of attaining capital that we don't create asset protection problems. And so our, our, our entire um, thrust of our program is to gain capital but help the company grow in a responsible sustainable way where they're not putting any of their assets at risk by gaining access to funding. Right, right. So, and the other cool thing about this too is a lot of this business lines of credit is at 0% interest, at least introductory rate, right? Exactly. That's one of the things that we're really good at is utilizing the introductory rates for, and it could be anywhere from six months at 0% um, to the longest of the business accounts are 18 months at 0%. Now, one of the things that we're really good at doing is what, what we call flipping these accounts. So, you know, the, the most basic way to understand it would be that we would apply for a new account and move the balance from one 0% account to the new account when the old account's 0% is about to expire and an interest rate is about to hit. And, yeah. But there's other ways of doing that, too. And, um, you know, we get kind of in-depth in, in that on our, on our seminar like we did a couple weeks ago, Joe. But yeah. um, 
you know, th- this is part of our specialty is at extending these zero percent rates, and um, and we're doing it all the time. And we have clients that are getting ninety five thousand dollar credit accounts on one credit account. Yeah. So and, I, um, that you know that happens through negotiating. Let's talk about that. What are some of the the typical after I want I want to talk about what are the typical results that your clients see, and obviously, guys, let me just tell you right up front, Ari and the credit card builders company do charge money for their services. All right, uh, of course they would. So they charge a lot of money, but I'm telling you, it's worth every single penny. And at the end, we're going to give you an opportunity. I'm going to give you a website you can go and get more information on what they do. Um, so Ari, talk about what are some what are some typical results or average results that you see that you can give to your clients and and give maybe an example of somebody with really good credit and somebody with bad credit. Okay, perfect. So yeah, as far as average results and I mean we are, you know, our guarantee is that we're going to get you at least $50,000 and most clients are getting up to an over 250,000 just simply by using the program. The more you use the program, the more your scores are enhanced, the more your business credit is enhanced, the easier it is for us to get you more credit. And so if, if you only want a little bit of credit, then of course, you know, w- you know, we get you the amount of credit you want. Let's say it's 50, a hundred thousand. And then you tell us hold off on getting credit. And then some, and then we'll just flip and keep those accounts on 0% long term. So some clients want as much credit as possible. Some want to just keep it, long-term on 0% what they have. Now, let's say that you have uh, a 730 FICO score and you get started with the program. Well, you're in a, a high credit range. We're going to be able to move forward right away, start applying for you. Clients that are coming in in that range are looking at receiving around 100000 in the first 30 to 45 days working with us. Wow. And clients wow. that are, are below the 700 range are – you know, receiving anywhere from thirty to fifty thousand on the first round of funding. Now, it's really important to understand that our program is based off of doing work over a period of time. Not all of your funding comes in in the very beginning. Sorry, this is so cool because he, uh, the other day, guys, Ari showed me on his computer. I saw his screen. He showed me, um, you know, he's just like pages and pages in his spreadsheet of all these clients they're working with, right? And they have different columns for the dates, all right? And he was showing me at the beginning all these columns with zeros. And after like five, six, seven weeks or tries or whatever, they started showing, he started showing me uh, actual approvals for lines of credit. I, I just I, about, I laughed when I saw that. That's so amazing. So anyway, what were you saying? You go back and you kind of, you just do this several times, right? And you go back after they even say no. Exactly. So... So we have what we call different rounds of funding, or we also refer to them as a batch of funding. And in each round of funding, we're going to apply for four or five of these loans. So we're going to four or five institutions at the exact same moment, at the exact same second, putting out the applications exactly at the same time so that we can maximize the good credit that the client has and get a lot of credit in a very short period of time without stumbling along and letting one bank know that we're asking another bank and then that bank knows that we're asking another bank and then it kind of becomes a problem. So we do it all in a very rapid time. And of course, before we even apply for the client, they've gone through our consultative process, which is very comprehensive. And 
you know, if a client has lower scores, we're going to have boosted their scores before we even apply. So in this scenario that we're talking about right now, we're talking about a client that already has good credit. So they've gone very quickly through the consultative process because they already have good credit. And now we're on to applications. So we put out the five applications for them. And then the negotiation process starts. It's very common for four or even all of the accounts to come back declined when we apply for five at one time. But all, every single one of those accounts will be approved by the time that our people are done calling the, the bank, talking to the underwriters, you know, figuring out what their concerns are, uh, providing any documentation that the banks should ask for, which is all very basic information. And by the time we're done, we have approvals. And so not only do we have approvals, but we're going to start negotiating it. Once, if they approve us for a $15,000 account, we're going to take it. But we're going to tell them that we wanted a $50,000 account, not fifteen, And they probably won't give us the fifty right away. We'll probably have to go and first maybe get a 20000 or 25000 And so we continue the negotiating process. A lot of people don't realize that by calling the bank, by talking to the underwriter, you can drastically sway their opinion on how much they choose to lend to you. Many people, they go and apply for something, and whatever the bank tells them is what they walk away with. If the bank says you were approved for this amount, they say okay. If the bank says you're, you're declined, they're okay with that. You know, with us, it doesn't matter what decision the bank says. We follow up and find out why they made that decision. Why were we declined? Why did we only receive 25000 And And there's always a reason. And you work on that reason. You can provide information that shows the bank that you're – you know, lendable, that you're worthy of receiving more funding, and then they'll up your limit. So many times clients have already received the credit cards in the mail through our program. And the one credit card might say 20000 one might say 15000 And our consultants are emailing them, telling them, no, that card's not actually a $20,000 card. It's actually a $45,000 card because we've, we've already negotiated it. And the amount of time it took for the bank to send it to your address which is about a week. Our negotiators have already negotiated it twice, and it's already actually a $45,000 card, not a $20,000 card. Nice. And that happens all the time. And sometimes the client's like, are you serious? Are you joking? We're like, go ahead, log on. You know, go, go on the website. Check it out. And um, it, it's really a lot of fun. And, and just as a little interesting side note, um, our, our negotiators actually get paid based on how much credit they get for the client. Hmm. So the harder they work, the more credit they get, the more they walk out with on their paycheck. So we've really incentivized it internally to produce the most amount of credit we can for, for every single client, whether they join our membership or whether they do it as a pay-as-you-go option. Excellent. And so you, you, I love that how you don't even take no. You, your negotiators go back and, and ask again, or you ask what's wrong, and, and you improve the application. Um, and you just don't quit or give up. That uh, That's really good. I, can you walk through kind of how does the whole process work? How does it all start, Ari? When somebody fills out, you know, they sign up for you guys, how does the process start and what do you take them through? Perfect. So when a client first gets started with us, they're going to be on the website and fill out our membership request form. And then they submit the button and they receive an email that has a username and a password. So they go back to our website, they log in, and they fill out – the loan package is all done online with e-signatures, and so it's really simple. It'll take them probably about 25 to 30 minutes to fill out all the documents needed. 
They can e-sign all the all the docs that uh, require signatures. Then they schedule their what we call their initial consultation, the first consultation. And that consultation is one where we go over the client's whole profile. We're, we're able to tell them at that point exactly how much credit we think we're going to get them on their first batch, how much credit we're going to get on their second batch. We're able to tell them if there's anything that we can do in order to boost their scores. At, at that time, we may be talking to them about their different partners because our program allows for multiple partners. A business is not usually just one partner. Usually there's multiple people in a business. And so we actually allow for multiple credit partners in order to maximize the amount of funding we get for any business. Oh, that's so, right. I remember talking about that on the webinar. So expand on that a little bit. When you can, let's say you have terrible credit, but you have a business partner who has good credit, you can actually exactly. get lines of credit for your company that you both can use. Exactly. And at the same time, while you're doing that, it also helps you rebuild your credit. So we have clients all the time who their personal credit may not be so great, but they're married or they have a friend who has good credit or, uh, you know, I mean, we've had clients use their adult children or use their parents or use a cousin. Any person who has a good credit, who's willing to work with you can be your credit partner. And the credit, as long as it's used responsibly, will never show up on their personal credit. It'll report to the tax ID number of the business. And then you can end up, you know, you can add on the primary or the secondary to that account so that even though the one person, one of the partners has bad credit, they're still building a business credit profile because they're added as an authorized user onto the business account of the, of the good personal credit guarantor. And so it's a really great process, especially when you, you know, if you yourself don't have the, the best personal credit, just add the partner. There's no extra cost. You're going to get funding rolling in right away, and we're going to help you work on whatever's holding your scores down. Whatever reason why your scores are low, we're going to fix that. Yeah, amazing. So they, there's a process when somebody signs up, they fill out an application, they get some information. You get on the phone and you actually talk with them. So you're actually counseling folks through this process, right? You're not just sending them an ebook and making them read a bunch of stuff and do a bunch of things you're actually, they have somebody they can call and talk to, right? Yeah, there's a lot of counseling that goes on during the process, but the best part is that our people actually do all the work for you. So while we, while we will tell the client at every step of the way exactly what we're doing and we don't move forward until we have their permission, we're still doing all the work. And okay. so after that initial consultation, after they've talked to their advisor who has you know, told them how much credit they get, I'm sorry, how much credit they think they're going to get, um, you know, on the first batch and so on. At that point, they would then move into applications and negotiations. So then we move forward, and, and if a client has good credit, back to our original scenario, if a client has good credit, then within a week to a week and a half, they're already in applications. And so at applications, we then move, we apply for them, and then the negotiators start calling. They start talking to the banks on their behalf, and of course, our negotiators first examine the file. They know everything about the client's business, about the client's industry, about the client's situation, so that they can really represent and negotiate the best for that specific business. And so then they get on the, the line with the, with the bank, and they start negotiating with the underwriters, and that's where we're extracting the gold. That's where the real honey comes, because we're able to talk to the underwriter 
and maximize the overall amount of funding that clients are getting. I mean, there's times where we get $45,000, dollars $65,000 credit lines, and initially the client was declined. So that's, a, that's 65000 in credit yeah. when initially the client was declined. That's powerful. That's huge. And we do that all the time. It's not something that we just are sitting around and talking about. That's something that our negotiators are on the line with Bank of America, City, Chase, Synovus, all of these different banks offer these 0% business credit cards that are unsecured. And uh, so it's really a, a way that the banks want to get funding out. I mean, there's other ways of getting access to funding, for example, mortgages and car loans and, and business lines of credit and so on and so forth. But these other forms of funding are highly regulated by the government and they're very costly within the industry. And so the banks have actually want to push funding out through these unsecured credit cards. They want to push them out through business credit cards and they want to push it out through personal. But the great thing about the business credit cards is that clients that qualify for business credit cards generally are paying back their, their, their lines of credit at a much higher percentage than personal credit users. So personal credit users default on their accounts more than business owners. Really? So when you, yeah, so when you apply as a business owner for a credit card, immediately you're putting yourself into a less risky category. How great is that? So there's many little misnomers and things behind the scenes that people don't realize that they can use to help position themselves when applying for these types of loans. Because a lot of people apply and they say, hey, I can't get a 0% account. I always get declined. And we tell you, you know what, you're not, you're not alone in that, my friend. It's, it's, it really does take a lot of work to, you know, to qualify and get approved for these accounts. So, and they are out there, except they're just for the top, top cream of the crop. And what people don't realize is, is that you can qualify for that because it's just, it's just credit-based. So although your credit in this moment may not qualify for it, after we've changed, you know, after we've worked on your credit, massaged it the way that we know how, you will qualify for them. And it could also not be a credit problem. It could be an entity problem. A lot of people get declined for a loan, not because of their credit, but because of the entity information and the way that their entity was presented. So it's a total picture. When we yeah. take you to the bank, it's a total picture that we have to present perfectly. We don't get any second chances. Talk about, you know, after the 0% interest, what is the cost of this credit? So that's, that's a real good question, and there's two different scenarios. There is the, the main scenario where once a, when a, a credit account, is the 0% is about to expire, where the client contacts us, and then we decide if we're going to, you know, exactly how we're going to get more credit to move that balance to. And so in that case, we may end up applying for another card. We may get, go back to the same institution, get a credit limit increase. There's a, a variety of different things that we might do. So in that case, if a client is in our program and the 0% expires, then they don't worry about it because they know we're just going to create more 0% money or more 0% credit to move it on to. So now let's say that a client was in our program, but now they're not in our program. And so their 0% when it expires, it's actually, you know, an interest rate's going to hit. They don't have the protection of being one of our members. So in one of those situations, the interest rate could be anywhere from 7%. I mean, we've seen as high as 13% on some of these business credit cards, which seems high, but there's, you know, I can tell you there's a lot of other business lending products out there like merchant factoring and angel investing and all of these other types of, of investments that end up being much, much more costly 
than even paying the high side of 13% on a business credit card. That's still probably, when you factor in all of the fees, it's still probably cheaper than hard money loans. Yes. Excellent. Now, all of the stuff that you guys do, couldn't, couldn't somebody do this themselves? If they're interested in getting business lines of credit, couldn't they just find a bunch of business credit cards and apply for them? Themse- couldn't they do this themselves? Well, uh, you know what? Uh, they actually could. But they would have to know a whole a lot about our industry. They'd have to know exactly what credit factors the banks are looking for when approving business credit cards. They'd have to know which banks offer credit cards that don't appear on your personal credit report. And uh, you, I remember you know, during the seminar, we talked about extensively the 35% golden rule. When you go over the 35% on any specific credit limit, your scores start to come down. And so there's a very good reason why you need to keep these accounts from showing up on your personal credit. And there's many uh, lenders out there that call their accounts a business account, but then it still reports to your personal credit. Yeah. So as soon as you use it, it pulls your scores down. So there, and there's a whole myriad of other factors all involved, other links to the chain that should you get wrong, you're not going to get access to the funding, for example, the entity. Many clients want to go to the banks using their real estate entity. Well, guess what? The banks don't really want to lend out a lot of money right now for real estate. And so what we have to do is we have to take our clients and brand them in an industry that is still uh, you know, in line with what they're doing. So for all of our clients that are looking for business credit, they're already business owners. And what we do is we rebrand them as a business management entity, business management, because they absolutely manage a business. They manage their own business. And so these business management entities are highly lendable, highly lendable. And for someone to know how to go and set up one of these on their own, I mean, there are people that do know how to do it, but at the same time, we know how to do it. The, you know, we pretty much pioneered this process of, first of all, helping a client create a rock-solid personal credit score, a rock-solid business credit score, as well as the little-known corporate credit score and being able to then leverage that and get access to a lot of funding that's not going to show up on their personal credit report, that's highly asset protected, and as well as being unsecured. And then, of course, we also have, uh, you know, for, for our more advanced clients, we have absolute non-PG funding. It's not personally guaranteed, would never come back on the client personally, or it, even on their business, excuse me, it would only come back on their business, would never come back on them personally. And so this non-PG credit is really the, the cream of the crop, the top funding that all businesses want, where the business owner has nothing to do with personally guaranteeing the loan, where even if they should default, it would never come back on the business owner. That's 100% in the business's name. So for us recently, you know, our company, we bought our office building down here in Florida. And, um, you know, we... You know, we didn't have to put up our, our personal credit. You know, me as the owner, I didn't have to PG anything. It's 100% based off of our corporate credit rating. And um, in the horrible event that we should be unable to pay for that loan, it would never come back on me personally. Yeah. And so, you know, these aspects of investing are really, really important for long-term sustainability and viability. Um, so you can, when it comes to loans... The first thing on your mind should be asset protection. What happens if I, if I can't pay this properly? 
I, I, I have to make sure that I don't lose everything. And um, that's one of our big thrusts. So our new, our new company name is Growth Capital. It's not just about capital. It's about overall business growth. We don't want to just create funding and capital. We want to truly nurture and help the businesses that we work with grow. Very good. Very good. What are some uses that, that investors can use for business lines of credit? Specifically, you know, for it could be in general for business owners, but what about specifically for real estate investors can you think of? Well, we have clients using the business lines of credit for, I mean, wide, wide variety of things from, from going to seminars to buying uh, rehab materials at, uh, you know, at local vendors or paying their contractors. We have clients that prefer just to write uh, the balance transfer check and just deposit all the money right into their account. And then they just, you know, they, they want to just amalgamate, you know, $150,000 from the business credit in their business account and so that they can spend the cash. So we have all these different scenarios of what clients want to do. A lot of our clients love investing in passive income generation vehicles. Yeah. And so there's, you know, a whole wide variety of what it can be used for. And in real estate, you know, the obvious is that it can be used for buying and flipping, you know, yep. for short term short-term money it really makes sense for short-term money considering the way the zero percent works but then we also have clients that uh want to use it for for long term we have many clients that stay with us year to year so that we continue putting the money at zero percent or keeping the the balances at zero percent and then they are able to invest in whatever you know earns their company the the max roi so there's a whole variety of different ways and joe you could probably even even uh, expand on that because whatever you could spend cash on or you know, Visa, MasterCard is what you could use this funding for. Yeah, I just want to make sure that folks aren't, and I know nobody listening to this is thinking this, but this is just another way that you can go and, and buy some fun things and take a vacation, or this is something that you need to invest in your business, and I'm not about people getting into more debt, but this is something that you should buy that would produce cash flow, passive income some kind of asset that's going to generate revenue for you and your business. And you should pay it off as quickly as possible and just cycle through that money. The cool thing about this is you don't need huge lines of credit. You know, you don't need a ton. You need, what is a ton? I don't know. What's a small amount? I don't know. But uh, this is something that can help a lot of people buy a rental property and hold it for a year or two and then cash out, refinance it with a bank loan. Or just hold a property for six months while they fix it up and then sell it, pay the credit card off, and you know do it again. But what are some common mistakes that you see people make with these business lines of credit? What are some things that people shouldn't do, Ari? Well, you know, one of the common mistakes I see is clients that come to us that have already gone and spent a lot of money on their personal credit cards. So they, they like the idea of leveraging credit for their business, and they may have spent a lot of money on building their business, but they, they use their personal credit accounts. And, and what it ends up doing is it ends up bringing down their overall lendability. And then they're just, you know, basically, you know, squeaking by making minimum payments, paying max on interest and not even able to really, uh, you know, fix the situation. And so now when you're not being bent over, beat over the head with interest rates, really high interest rates because you've maxed out all your credit cards when you're not using your personal credit cards when you're using business credit cards then 
the, the balances don't report to your personal credit. And this is one of the most common mistakes we see investors do. They max out all their personal credit cards saying, hey, what's the point of having credit if I don't invest it? What's the point of having credit if I don't invest it and make more than, than the interest rate that I'm paying for it? And, and we say, you know what, that's very smart. That makes sense. However, you can't do that with personal credit cards because as soon as you've maxed out all those personal credit cards, your personal credit scores come down. And when your scores go down, they're going to jack up your interest rates. They're going to chop your credit limits. And you're not going to have easy access to these business credit cards. And so when you use a business credit card, none of the balances appear on your personal credit report. So your scores don't come down. Yeah. So your scores stay high and you have access to the funding. And we can continue to flip the credit accounts because your scores are staying high. So it's really important that whole process, we keep your personal scores really, really high. That's the only way that we're able to continue flipping the 0% accounts and you know, getting more and more of these accounts. So that's one of the common problems that we see is clients using their personal credit, maxing it out, it tanks their scores, and then they wonder, how do I get out of this hole? And um, we've actually very effectively helped many clients like that kind of move the balances from their personal accounts over to new business accounts. And even if we're only able to establish a, a very small amount, like 20,000, 30,000 at a time on each batch, because they're so maxed out on their personal, you know, even moving 20,000 off your personal, it allows the scores to come up a little bit. And then we get another 20,000, 30,000 on our next batch. And then we can eventually, you know, we've had some clients that have, you know, 100, 150,000 of personal credit card debt. And we get it moved over from the personal over to the business so that their scores can go up. And not only are they then able to get access to more business funding, but then their insurance is cheaper. Uh, you know, how many things now check your credit? I mean, there's so many different scenarios where other companies want to check your credit, especially for B2B services. And so keeping the client's credit score is not high is not only good for, for their everyday life, but it's also good for our job of getting them access to more credit. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. There, there's other challenges, though, that clients run into yeah, yeah. when when looking for business credit, where, you know, where where they, you know, for example, a lot of clients that have good credit, you know, figure, hey, it should be easy for me to get access to business funding. And one of their common problems that they run into is that they, they may be an investor that might have multiple mortgages on their credit report or, you know, you know, an investor generally has used their credit a bit heavier. And so they may run into the problem of not, you know, finding that they have access to credit, they use credit, they have a fairly good credit score, but the banks don't want to give them unsecured business credit cards. And, um, the, and there's many reasons as to why. And like, like in our webinar, uh, in depth at explaining why people with good credit can have a hard time getting access to this type of funding. And so that's another thing that people all the time have a problem with. And, you know, there's, there's a myriad of different things that happens on people's credit reports from the way that, that their existing credit cards report. Remember we talked about the open card, the way that people's existing yeah. credit cards can report to their personal credit can be very damaging to their overall score. Or if you had a mortgage that where the mortgage company was bought out by another company recently, and many, many of, of the folks that have mortgages, their mortgage holder was bought out by another company. And then all of their mortgage seasoning was reset. They lost all that history. And so suddenly their score tanks, even though they had 
you know, loans open successfully and, and without missing any payments for a long period of time, they suddenly lose all that. And if I were to, you know, I mean, I just, that's two little minor things on people's credit reports and there's like a hundred others. And that's what our consultants do for, for any given client is they go through and they look at all of these little stats and statistics and variables that greatly affect someone's chances of receiving an approval or being declined and not receiving any approval. Yeah. Are there any tax advantages to using business lines of credit? Yeah, absolutely. And first and foremost, a lot of clients' questions are, you know, do I have to file taxes on this new entity that you guys create for me? And do I have to file a tax report every, you know, do I have to file my taxes every year, you know, for these business credit cards? <laughs> and the answer is no. No, no, no. As far as tax, uh, tax implications, the only implication is positive. There's no for example, you only pay taxes on earned income. You do not pay taxes on borrowed money. You only pay taxes on earned income. So this is borrowed money. No taxes are due on it, number one. Number two, this is a tax write-off. Because our service costs you money and it's for your business, our service fee is actually a tax write-off for you. So you getting access to this credit is a tax write-off. And then you get access to the funding to invest in your business. Now, only after you've invested the funding in your business and generated a return, do you pay taxes. You pay taxes on the net profit that you generated um, you know, from, from using the loan. So there is no taxes directly from the loans. It would only be on profit that you generate from using the loans. So it's a, it's a wonderful system. You know, uh, you know, of course, in the, in the U.S., they don't tax loans. <laughs> So yeah. you only pay the interest rate, you yeah. know, and in this case, these are 0%. Very good. Any other closing pieces of advice that you'd want to give to people, Ari, who are interested in maybe trying to get some business lines of credit? Well, yeah. Um, the, the, the ideal client to use this type of funding is somebody who already has fairly good credit scores, you know, 700 or above, and hasn't really heavily leveraged themselves. They're not already, you know, they don't already have a whole bunch of maxed out things on their credit report. And a lot of folks that are in that range don't really believe that they can get access to business credit. And so one of the things that I encourage folks, especially a lot of the small business owners out there, the, the folks that are buying and flipping, the rehabbers, the, the hair salon owners, the pizza shop owners, like all of these small businesses, if they only realize how attainable getting access to business funding really is, this goes right back to what we to when we started this call, Joe, where you mentioned that a lot of people get, get nervous. They get scared when they hear that word, that word business lines of credit. It just sounds intimidating. It's really as simple as getting access to a credit card. It's yeah. kind of like just a credit card, just a credit card for your business. And there's, there's perks and airline miles and cash back and all that. Of course, we didn't really talk about that yet, but there, there's all that. But really, we're just talking about getting a credit card and leave it up to us to, to figure out which account is not going to show up in your personal credit report, which one has the longest 0%, which one is the easiest to extract the cash off the card. All of these things are things that we've already figured out for you. So for anyone out there that already has good credit, realize it's extremely easy to get access to this funding if you know what you're doing. And even those who don't have best credit, it's not that difficult. I, I got to tell you myself, Joe, me and my wife, my wife, Maya, we, we had bad credit. We fixed our credit. 
I remember from, from college, Joe, yeah. I had 32, 32 derogatory accounts on my credit report. And wow. now when I apply, I get approved for $50,000 accounts. I just got approved for a $50,000 account. Uh, 21 months at 0% on that personal credit card. That's, that's even longer than the business offers. The longest business offer at 0% is 18 months. So you know, now that is even after I had 31 derogatories or might have been, been 32. Either It was a lot of derogatories from, from when I was younger. So we worked through that, got all those derogatories deleted, our scores up. We put it all through our own process, which is credit building, make your personal score rock solid, build the business score to, to, you know, to a rock solid standing, so that you can gain access to even more credit. And, you know, I am, me and my wife are perfect examples of it. Many of our employees are perfect examples of having credit that was in shambles and now being able to access as much funding as we want. I mean, I can't even tell you the amount of business credit cards that I have that I don't even use. I don't know what to use them all for. I mean, we have, I have so many of them. It's so easy to access this once the ball is rolling. I really want to encourage, you know, the folks out there, if your credit isn't that good, get started on fixing it. You can fix it yourself. You can have a company fix it. You can call us. We'll help you fix it. Yeah. So get started doing it. Me and my wife, Maya, we're happy that we did. Now we have access to a lot of funding. And for those out there that already have good credit, well, heck, you're already three quarters of the way there. All yeah. you've got to start doing is start building the credit. And we'd be happy to do that for you as well. Excellent. Thank you, Joe, for, for putting on this wonderful podcast that would have me on. I really, really appreciate that. It's, it's been a lot of fun you know, hanging out with you here. Well, I hope you guys, and I apologize for the bad audio connection, and maybe it's just on my end, but, you know, even if this isn't something that you, that's for you right now, that's totally cool. And I hope you learned something out of this podcast. It sounded, I know, more, a little bit more like a webinar, but it's something that I think is going to be really important for everybody listening to this to get a grasp of and start thinking about, because if you need access to funds to close a deal or to be able to prove that you could have closed it on a deal if you wanted to, it's really important to do this. You know, let's say you have a you have six, twelve rental properties. You have twelve rental properties and all of a sudden one month you have three vacancies. All right. And you eat up through you eat up your reserves uh within a month or two and you're hemorrhaging cash. Well, you can access business lines of credit, business credit cards like this to help you get out of that and uh, live to see another day. I mean, this is stuff really important. And even if you don't use it, it's important that you have access to it in case you needed it for emergencies. And so I felt it was really important to get Ari on the show, talk about these issues. And if you're interested, I have a link. I'm going to give you guys a link. If you go to REIM, that's for Real Estate Investing Mastery, credit.com, REIM credit.com. That is my affiliate link. It'll take you to uh, Ari's company's website. You can take a look at it. Uh, it's not cheap to do this. Okay. It's not cheap. If you have really good credit, uh, what does it cost, Ari, if you have really good credit? I think seven, I don't have my website open here. Yeah. If one has, has good credit, ready to get started right away, then they can choose either of the two programs. So there's two programs. There's the membership, and the membership is 3500 and a client can use two partners or they could join the back-end funding program whereby they only put a dollar down, just $1 to get started, and then we will get them the credit first 
and only send them an invoice once they've received and activated the credit account. So now I believe that we also actually have a discount lined up for the folks that, that, that want to check out our page and, um, and work with us. Um, I know that Joe has a lot of clients that he sent to us in the past and that there's going to be a lot more clients coming to us in the future. So, Yeah, we're getting, I'm getting a bad connection, Ari. I'm sorry, it's probably on my end. But we did offer a $500 discount to everybody who wants to get into and sign up with Ari and his program. So instead of $3,500, it's $3,000. And um, if you have a higher score than I think 730, you don't have to pay anything until you actually get the results, all right? Well, that's if the client, that's if the client wants to go with the back-end funding program. Yeah. So these are, these are two separate programs. So the back-end funding program, you have to have a 730 FICO or above in order to even join that program. Yep. So if you, if you don't have a 730 FICO or above, then you have to join our membership. And our membership is going to help you build your credit. That's going to help you increase your scores. So if you have a 730 or above, you can join either of the two programs. If your scores are below a 730, then you'll need to join the membership, and the membership will help you raise your scores as well as get you access to business funding. Yes, very good. So if you want more information, guys, go to reimcredit.com, R-E-I-M, for Real Estate Investing Mastery, credit.com, R-E-I-M-credit.com. And again, you can go to our website, go to the show notes, and all the links are in there, realestateinvestingmastery.com. Ari, thanks for being a guest on the show. Thanks for talking about this stuff. I hope people take this seriously, take advantage of this, and just take a look at it, start thinking about it. Um, Don't put it off any longer because this is something that's going to help a lot of people grow their business. And maybe it's Maybe it's that house you need. You want to buy a house and start getting cash flow from a, from a, another asset. Maybe it's um, you know you need to invest in some new marketing for your business. Uh, there's a there's a lot of really good useful things that you can do. Maybe it's maybe it's education. Uh, maybe there's the, the something that you're interested in. I believe 100 percent in in investing in your own education. So cool, Ari. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Excellent. Thank you so much, Joe, for having me on. And thank you to all of our listeners uh, for listening to this very uh, dry topic that, you know, for an (laughs) investor, actually, is pretty exciting. No, yeah, it's really, really good stuff. R-E-I-M-Credit.com. R-E-I-M-Credit.com. All right, Ari, take care. See you later. All right, take care. Bye-bye. 